Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast. Stand up for your faith. Be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in your family. Share with them the truth of what the church teaches and the values that God has. It doesn't mean that you have judgment for the person. Just share in love. Hello, friend. Great to have you back for this episode of the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with your host, Deacon Steve Greco. And we are excited to bring you part two of a dynamic live conference talk featuring the wisdom of Deacon Steve and Mary Ann Greco. They titled this presentation, Mary and the Family. We pick it up now with Deacon Steve encouraging us to surrender. Surrender to Jesus totally, completely through the intercession of Blessed Mother. Ask the Blessed Mother to really inspire us with faith. Because faith is a gift, as Marianne has talked about. The third point is the Blessed Mother teaches us in so many ways about the Holy Spirit. She is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. I speak on the Holy Spirit. I've got a lot of CDs and books on the Holy Spirit. Our show, again, on Relevant Radio is called Empowered by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a huge part of our ministry because that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to be action-oriented, and that's what the Blessed Mother wants. So I was speaking on a subject called Empowered by the Spirit. I've got the CD at Anaheim Convention Center on a Sunday, and on Saturday we pray over children ages 5 to 12, Marianne and I, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, release of the Holy Spirit, right? So on Sunday, I'm walking through Anaheim Convention Center, and a mother and a little girl come running up to me, Deacon, Deacon, Deacon! And I go, what's going on? A little seven-year-old girl with a mother, and the mother said, oh, my daughter couldn't sleep at all last night. She's so excited. You prayed over her, but she has an important question to ask you. And sisters, you're going to love this, you know. She asked me, the little girl, seven-year-old girl, she said, did I receive the Holy Spirit at baptism? Wow, that's good. I said, yeah. Well, my brothers and sisters, this is so important as it relates to this talk, this conference, and what we do in terms of our life in following Jesus through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, devotion to Blessed Mother. This little girl looked at me, she cocked her head, her eyes dilated, and she looked at me and she said, Deacon, if I receive the Holy Spirit at baptism... Why is he hiding? <laughs> wow! Why is he hiding? You see, when we have a devotion to the Blessed Mother, the Holy Spirit becomes alive in us, right? Alive in us. St. Maximilian Kolbe spent much of his life developing a Marian theology focusing on the relationship of the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother. He tells us all grace comes to us from God the Father through the merits of Jesus Christ distributed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in distributing all grace works in and through Mary. St. Maximilian Kolbe tells us that since Jesus, the source of grace, came through Mary via the work of the Holy Spirit, is fitting that all grace 
continue to come through Mary by the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. What's the quickest way to become a saint? Through the Blessed Mother. Right? Through devotion to the Blessed Mother leads us into a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. Leads us into a closer relationship to Jesus and the Father. Amen? Amen. Through Mary, we receive the fruit of the Holy Spirit in even a greater way through her intercession. And we know the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the most important thing besides that is in Acts 1.8 that said, you will receive power. Jesus is telling his disciples right as before he's ascending into heaven, ascending into heaven. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That power is translated as didymus in Greece. That power is translated as dynamite. You will receive dynamite. Incredible power. Does our church need men and women that are filled with the Holy Spirit today? Yes. More than ever? Yes. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit even more? Yes. Give God a hand. Hallelujah. As we already covered, if we ask, we'll get it. We know again in that Luke 11, it says, we who, who know how to give good gifts to our children who are wicked, how much more will the Father in heaven give us the Holy Spirit when we ask for it? So we ask for the Holy Spirit. We already prayed for that. I ask every day for more of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because I leak. <laughs> You see, every single day we need to be renewed. Think about the parable of the sower, right? Every single day, some seeds are falling on rocky ground. Some seeds are being, being uh, twisted and, and turned and destroyed by the world. And some seeds bear fruit every single day. Come, Holy Spirit, enkindle in me the fire of your love. Enkindle in me your fire. You see, Luke 12, 49, Jesus says, I've come to set the earth ablaze and how I wish you were already on fire. That's what the Blessed Mother will do through her intercession. Marianne, in her 30s, had crippling arthritis in her knuckles. And again, we have a healing ministry, and I pray right now and believe that some of you right now are being healed of arthritis. Hallelujah. Give God a hand. Hallelujah. Some are being healed of cancer. You've been praying for some that have cancer. I see several breast cancers that are being healed right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I especially see a number of children that be, re be returning to the church by the end of the year will be going to Mass that have left the church. Hallelujah. So we prayed over Marianne with her arthritis, and they said, there's nothing you can do. But every single day, we prayed over her. You see, perseverance is so important. She was taking 16 pills a day that went to 12, that went to 8, that went to 6. And then one day she said, I don't think I need this anymore. She went to see the rheumatologist, and the rheumatologist said, I can't explain it, but you are completely healed. Hallelujah. Okay, we have this thing. Wave your fingers, honey. Yeah, there it is, yeah. 
One of my good friends um, by the name of John is a member of Legion of Mary. I'm not sure you have that here. You do have it here. Praise the Lord. Ah, Legion of Mary. Love Legion of Mary. Spiritual director of Legion of Mary. And so he's got this great devotion to Blessed Mother. So I'm at 6.30 Mass with him one morning, and he says, I'm really in trouble to me right after the Mass. He says, they found a huge mass, a huge tumor in my lung. They gave me a one in 500 chance of living. And I said, let's turn to the Blessed Mother. Turn to Jesus. Turn to her intercession. And at this particular church, there's a statue in Irvine. Somebody told me they go to this church, St. John Newman. And there's a, a statue right outside the church there. And so we prayed in front of that statue. Obviously, this statue has no power, but the intercession of the Blessed Mother through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus has tremendous power. Tremendous power. The gift that God has given the Blessed Mother through her intercession. So we prayed. And I laid hands on him. And he said, I felt like there was a hot poker from, the, from my shoulders down to my feet. I felt this fire going through me. And he said, Deacon, do you feel it? And I go, no. But he did. You see, he had this massive tumor. He went to see his oncologist. And his oncologist said, what happened to the tumor? I can't find it. His oncologist couldn't believe it, so he actually went into his lung and got actually lung tissue, microscopic, sent it to the Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinic, and said, could you tell me at a microscopic level, do you see any traces of cancer in these tissue, in these cells? The Mayo Clinic wrote back and said, we see no trace of cancer and no evidence of cancer in this body. Hallelujah. That was seven years ago, and he is free of cancer. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We travel and go all over praying for people. And again, we'll be open at our booth if anyone wants additional prayer. And because and, we believe, you know, that's why we wrote this book, Expecting and Experience Miracles, why I wrote it, Overcoming Adversity Through Miracles, two of our books. Because the definition of miracle is God's supernatural intervention in our life. How many believe that the Lord has intervened in your life in some special way? Raise your hand. Look around. Yeah, give God a hand. Hallelujah. Almost everyone, right? So the reality is Jesus is in that business of loving us, interceding for us to the Father, and the Blessed Mother is interceding for us. And so I went to a church, uh, church. I went to a hospital, almost like a church, a hospital in Orange County, Orange Coast Hospital. I was called to go there to pray over this young man. He was like in his late 30s. He was totally paralyzed. They didn't know why, but they said, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're ever going to walk. And so when I go to the Holy Land, I buy 400 to 500 rosaries in Bethlehem, okay, olive wood rosaries. And I give them out like crazy to everyone I can possibly see. I, I'm out of them now, so that's another reason we're going here in a couple weeks. And these rosaries, you know, there's no power in a particular rosary. The power is in the Holy Spirit is in Jesus through the intercession of the Blessed Mother, right? And so, but these rosaries are very, very special and very blessed. And so, this man is in, is in the bed, and, and so we're, we're praying, and I said, um, are you Catholic? And he said, yes. I said, well, great, it's a great start. He said, but I haven't been to church in 30 years. 
okay. He said, but I, I'm interested in going and I'm interested in whatever you have to say. And I said, well, do you know how to pray the rosary? He said, no, but I want to learn. Bring rosaries with you. You want to heal those around you. you you're not the healer, but you can be part of the, of the equation of the healing through Jesus and through the intercession of the Blessed Mother. Bring rosaries and hand them out. Very powerful. So I gave him one of these rosaries from the Holy Land. And he said, I don't know how to pray the rosary. So therefore, bring little things with you that teach people how to pray the rosary, right? Anybody have those, those little packets, you know, booklets, whatever they are? Yeah, you have them, right? Get a whole bunch of them. You know, you can get them really inexpensively. Hand out rosaries, hand out, the, the, you know, it's so important. The healing of families, but the healing of other people's families too. So we started praying the rosary together. And here's the other thing. When there is family, there's great healing. In this particular case, this man wasn't married, but his mother was there. So I asked the mother to lay hands on him. I asked his girlfriend to lay hands on him. And we started praying the rosary, and I taught him the rosary. They said he'd never walk. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. He's moving his leg, his right leg that was paralyzed. He's moving his hand. Another two weeks later, I get another phone call. He's gotten out of bed. And about six weeks later, he comes walking into our prayer meeting, totally healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Blessed Mother's intercession is so powerful for healing. Very early, I've been involved in the healing ministry for over 40 years. Very, very early on, someone came up to me. I think it was an angel. I really do. Came up to me and said, are you aware that wherever there's healing, the Blessed Mother is there? I said, I am now. And since then, the Blessed Mother is an integral part of everything we do because it's her love as our mother with families that makes such a huge difference. But her mother, our love of our mother is also involved to protect us against evil. It's very, very critical because so many of our children are involved with demonic areas and I call them demonic. It could be a cult. It could be Ouija boards. But often it's something called pornography. Pornography is from the devil. Pornography is crippling so many people today. In Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Wherever we go and we pray often for deliverance prayers, not exorcism, but deliverance of various people that we see all over the world. And I could go in all the stories, but we don't have time. But bottom line is this. If someone has been involved with the occult or someone has been involved in any areas that um, you know are not of the Lord, you know, the rosary and the Blessed Mother is really critical. I'll give you one example. In Indonesia, it was amazing. We, we went 1,000 kilometers it, it, just seeing all these churches in the jungle because it's the number one Muslim country in the world, right? But the bottom line is that in where we were, which is West Kalimantan, the old Borneo, we were in the jungles, and that's where the Catholic villages are. And so we prayed over them through the power of the Holy Spirit. We prayed fervently, and... What happened was that there was a lot of manifestations or shrieking and crying out. And so this 14-year-old girl was just absolutely screaming. 
And literally, they would wait four hours in line to be prayed over. Four hours in line. And so as we're praying over them and praying over this girl, amazing thing happened. We took her in the back. We got out a rosary We've, with the sisters there. And we were praying over with the sisters. And bottom line is through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the intercession of the Blessed Mother and the rosary, the woman stopped shrieking, and then we find out that her parents were involved in the occult. And so we go over to their home, and we get a whole bag of things that are from the occult, charms and bracelets and whatever, and we burn them. And from that point on, through the intercession of the Blessed Mother, the girl is totally healed. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The Blessed Mother and the Holy Spirit are a perfect union, a perfect marriage of love, leading us to a deeper relationship with Jesus. And the Blessed Mother leads us to obedience. And we'll have now Marianne talk about obedience. Mary is our role model for humility and obedience. To be humble is to be strong. Godly humility is being comfortable with who you are in the Lord and therefore putting others first. So the picture of humility in the Bible is one is a strong person who loves others and puts them first. It's not a weak person, but a strong person. Mary certainly was humble. Humility also recognizes that you need God's help. We need to be like Mary and realize we need God's help. To be obedient is also to be strong. Biblical obedience to God means to hear, trust, and submit and surrender to God and his will and his word. It isn't easy. Mary did not have an easy time doing this. When it came time to go to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph went and Mary was obedient. She had to hear God in the circumstances and not you know, be grumbling about it. She surrendered to God's plan rather than what she would have chosen to do. I'm quite sure she didn't want an unplanned trip at eight or nine months pregnant. It wouldn't be her first choice to travel 80 miles four or five days up hills through forests, deserts, and hot weather, but she didn't grumble or complain. She went obediently. And I'm sure it wouldn't have been her plan to um, give birth in a strange town in a cave that was probably used to stable animals. But you know what? She did it obediently and humbly. You and I need to do this because sometimes we will end up in places we would never be if it were our choice that God leads us and uses us in those circumstances. Joseph and Mary were also obedient when we hear the story of going to the temple to give sacrifices and and, um, ransom back their son. They always had to pay back for the firstborn son. And so they went. This was the Jewish law. Well, they obeyed the Jewish laws. They didn't say, oh, come on, I don't feel like going to temple today for this concentration. You know, Mary gave birth to the Messiah. Isn't that enough? I mean, you know, you would think, I got a special kid here. Do I have to go through this? But no, they were humble and obedient. They did it. And as a result, 
They went whether it was inconvenient or, or convenient. They did it. We need to do that sometimes. Go beyond what is convenient for us. And as a result, there were two people waiting in the temple for them. Simeon, who was waiting to see the Messiah, and declared that to them. So it's like they meant God sent someone there for them. And they meant Anna, who spoke of the child who was going to be the redemption of Israel. So because they were obedient, they got blessed by God. And we need to realize that in our families. What does it mean, or what does it take to be obedient and humble for us? Remember, it's not about you. It's about God's plan for your family. It's not your ways, but God's ways. Take time to listen to God and see him in your family circumstances. Be willing to go without complaints and grumbling places. I used to get really upset and grumble about doing Thanksgiving. Everybody had a good time, but I was in the kitchen cooking and cleaning. And then God spoke to me. It's just like either you do it for me or don't do it. You know, and so I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. And I do, and I got great joy because now I was doing it for God. And that God wanted the family to have a good time. And me being in the kitchen grumbling wasn't what it was about. It was having that positive attitude. We must be willing to move forward with God, not knowing what lies ahead of us. We also must trust God in all, everything, and we also must not make excuses for things that you don't want to do. My quick story of that is I was going to my new daughter-in-law's, and I was going to share the Lord with her. We are going to have lunch, and it was like three digits. It was really hot that day, and it was noontime, and I was driving on my way, and I look out, and there's this woman sitting on the curb. We live on this hill, and I thought, what crazy person's out there walking? in the middle of the day when it's 105 degrees out. And part of me reminded me of the story of the Good Samaritan, where, you know, the Good Samaritan stopped and helped the person who was robbed. But I said to myself, no, I have to go share with the Lord with my daughter-in-law. I'm going to do something of value. So I just drove right on by her. Well, the next day I had Bible study, and I kind of shared the story how someone crazy person was out there in the heat of the day trying to walk and sitting on the curb. And my best friend looked at me and said, that was me. She said, I got overheated, got, you know, kind of a heat stroke, and sat on the curb, and I prayed. I prayed that God would send someone to take me home, and I prayed that it would be someone I knew. You know, I made excuses not to be obedient, to follow God's lead. He gave me the opportunity. I don't do that anymore. Uh, I will ask someone. But we need to think about that in our family. You know, don't make excuses. You know, if God's calling you to something, be obedient. You know, you may be thinking you're doing something really good over here. But if he's calling you to do it over here, listen to it. Be humble while you do something. Oh, stand up for your faith. You know, be obedient sometimes and be willing to stand up for your faith and beliefs. Be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in your family. You know, don't back down. Share. Share with love. Don't do it angrily. But share with them the truth of what the church teaches and the values that God has. Be humble while you do it. It doesn't mean that you have judgment for the person and, it, you know, just share in love. Remember, humility means to be comfortable with who you are in the Lord. 
Not that you have to, you know, make your point to be angry, but just share. Obey the church laws. The Ten Commandments were put there to help us, not to measure us, to help us live the best life we can. So we need to act in humility. Attend Mass. Help those in your family attend Mass. And make it a celebration. Don't make, I have to go to Mass today. Let's make this as our family something we want to do, something that's great and we're getting closer to the Lord. Those are the things we can do in being obedient and doing it with a smile on our face and enthusiasm. Know the meanings when you go to Mass and what are you saying in your prayers when you're at the liturgy? You know, take time to learn what you're saying and share what that means with your family, with each other. Talk about it when you come out. What did you hear today? What did God say to you? Bring that to them. When God calls, you step out of your comfort zone in obedience and with humility, and you and your family will be greatly blessed. Family trials, we've been talking about what to do. Pray the rosary every single day for your family. Pray a decade every day. As Marianne said, attend Mass. One of the most important things that I learned is that when I go to Mass every day, I stand in for my family members that are not going to Mass. Amen? Go to reconciliation. Cleanse your heart and your soul. Very, very important. Praise God. For your family. I had a daughter, have a daughter, who was headstrong, gave us all kinds of of challenges and whatever. And so I kept praying for her to change. And the Lord said to me, she's exactly the daughter that I wanted you to have. And you're exactly the husband, the father rather, that I wanted her to have and the mother. And from that point on, everything got better. I started praising God for my family being exactly where they are. In times of trial anxiety, just know that the Blessed Mother is there interceding for you. So in times of trial, turn to the Blessed Mother through the rosary. Turn to Jesus through the sacraments, reconciliation, through confirmation. And your life will be so much better and your family will be blessed. And with that, we bring to a close part two of this epic audio series recorded live from a large conference hall with Deacon Steve and Mary Ann Greco. So many nuggets of how the Blessed Mother is there to intercede on our behalf. Priceless. Before we finish up today, here is a last word from Deacon Steve. If you feel led to give to this nonprofit radio offering, say yes to that prompting and go to spiritfulhearts.org. We thank you in advance for your generosity and your contributions. Thanks, Deacon Steve. For more information on this ministry, click on our website at spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media.
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.